This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. This morning we're going to continue on preparation in advance. And we're still being prepared by the Master's hands. When we're being prepared, even when you listen to Wednesday night service, when you listen to Sunday morning, family life, all of it is God's preparation by the Master's hands. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. God is molding and shaping us for what's coming next. And something is coming next. And God is saying, I'm trying to get you ready. I'm trying to get you where you need to be. So when it comes next, you will be ready. So we keep in the forefront of our mind, God, I know that you're preparing me for what's coming next. We want to make sure in these teachings that, you, that we make preparation clear, that you understand preparation. I believe that in God's next move, that he's going to do something new, not new to him, but new to us. And fresh. That's why he's called us wall builders. That's why he's put us on the wall. That's why he's told us, pull off of the shoes you used to have on and put on some more kind, put on some steel toes, because you're going to have to do some work. That's why he's been giving us tools to work with, so that we can build, so that we can glorify God, so that we can rebuild people that are broken, lost, hurt depressed and just down and out. God is faithful. And so we want to know, we, we, we said God has given us everything we need to restore this generation. And that's how, that, that is the assignment of Church of the Living Water. And it's restoration. It's restoring this generation. This generation has been off. They're off. And God said, I want every one of them back. I want them back where they need to be. And so God has given us the assignment to restore. But first he has to prepare us. Prepare, prepare ye the way. And God said, okay, preparation to it. And I'm telling you, preparation takes time. God is restoring a generation and he's establishing this church. God is trying to establish this church so that it will be here and that it will stand the test of time. And that's what we want. We want a church that's going to stand the test of time. I'm not talking about a church just for people because people come and go. I'm talking about a people that are solid in the world. That what comes what may in our nation, in society, on this world, period, we will be able to stand the test of time. Why? Because we've had our fingers on the pulse of God and we've been, we have been following his lead. Amen. Now, in the book of Isaiah, I told you last week that this is a collection of sermons written by the prophet Isaiah, and it was written to Israel, and these sermons was written to Israel in the current condition they were in. And the current condition that they were in is the same condition that we're in now. They were a divided nation. They were people that was outside the will of God. That was, they were people doing their own things. They were just all into destruction and just everything was going on. Every, just like everything is going on now in our country. I'm telling you, this is the exact representation of what Israel was going through. And then God began to speak. And God began to speak through Isaiah to let them know, I have, you, you know what, you've been, you've been doing a bunch of things, but it's been in vain. 
Now it's time for restoration. God never leaves his people just out there. God is there to get you where you need to be. Amen. God is not going to allow things to remain the way they are. Did you hear me? God will not allow things to remain the way they are. But we have the responsibility to make a way for God's people as he begins to make the change. As he begins to do his next. When he began to make his next move, the shift is already in. It's just his next move. God is saying, get, get positioned where you need to be. We have to make a way for those who are living outside of the will of God. So that lets you know you don't have, you don't have any, you, you shouldn't have any opportunity to be outside of the will of God. Because you're going to be helping those that are outside. We don't need you to be outside of the will of God, trying to help somebody outside of the will of God. You can. How can the blind lead the blind? They'll both fall in a ditch. No, we, can, we must be in the will of God so that we can be instruments of righteousness. Instruments that God used in this day, this time, and this hour. God wants us to remove all the stumbling blocks in our own lives. Stumbling blocks that causes others to stumble. Not only ourselves to stumble, but others to stumble. God said, I want all of those removed. Uh, they have to be removed. Why? Because if you're going to be come to the promises of God, everything like that has to go. All the stumbling blocks, little things that you keep going through, that you should have been, you, you know, some things you just have to be over with. Some things you just have to say, you know what, enough, enough, I've done enough of that. Amen. I told you last week we have to let our light so shine. We can't hide it under a bushel. So that men may see and glorify our Father which in heaven. Why? Because they see the light in us. God demands that. Amen. We have to make sure that we're not hiding God. Who God is. With our, with our personalities. With our own agenda. With what we want to do. I'm a Christian. And, and, I, and I so love this because that name Christian that it is so true. I mean, we, we understand Christian really means Christ-like. Of followers of Christ. But this day and age, this time, this divided nation, anybody and everybody goes up under that name. Anybody and everybody goes up under that name. Homosexuals go up under that name. But you can't find it in the scriptures. If you're following Christ, you can't find that in the scriptures. And some, even some parents, I, I, and I don't get this, and, and uh, uh, parents that call themselves, well, I guess they call themselves right. They're not really calling themselves believers. They're calling themselves Christians. Because even some parents are okay with that with their children. They're grown. They're doing what they want to. You know, I, what I don't see, I don't know. What I'm like, now if your finger's on the pulse of God, I'm like, no, 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 no. Now, of course, if they don't live up under your roof, it's nothing you can do about it. But you can pray. And every time you come in contact with them, you can minister to them. But if you're coming in contact with them and you're just okay with it, something is wrong. This is what I'm talking about. Divided, even in the body. Even in the body, I'm like, some in the body say it's okay. Some people say, no, it's never okay. And homosexuality is just one thing. It could be in anything, lying, cheating, stealing, any of that. We still have to, all those little stumbling blocks, we need to get out of the way. Amen? We have to make a way for those that are living outside of the will of God to come home. 
to get back where they need to be. And God said, I want to use you to do it. And if He's going to use us to do it, then, then put ourselves in the position to be used. Amen. The Bible teaches us that those that need to be restored, they can't hear without a preacher. And when I say, again, when I say a preacher, I'm not talking about just somebody behind here. All of us have been, all of us have the assignment to minister to someone anywhere. That's why we teach you. Not for you just to know for yourself, but when you come in contact with someone, you ought to be able to minister to them. You ought to be able to get them where they're. You don't have to wait and say, well, I'm, I'm just going to tell you where my church is. And they could, like, we're the only one. No, that's what you're being fed for. You need to get it right there because they may not make it to the church. Amen? So we need preparation for the times that we're in. Before God's next move, but there's always, always, everybody say always, a time of preparation. Don't think God is you're just going to jump into it. It doesn't work like that. That's not how God works. Amen. And Jesus, we've seen all through the Bible. We walk through all the different people. John the Baptist, Jesus. We walk through all of the different people. They all went through preparation. Noah, all of them before they, they were uh, put into their assignment and began to walk in it. And so we need that preparation. And then I told you we have to learn to love preparation. And I found out that God's people do not like preparation. They do not want the time to prepare. But we have to learn to love preparation. Everybody, we got to learn to love it. Say, ooh, I just love God just preparing me. I love that God is just... Instead of getting upset when God is preparing you, because when God is preparing you, that means He's setting you up for... He's cutting away something. He's purging something. He's adding something on. He's preparing you, getting you just the way He wants you to be, that you can be successful in all that He called, called you to do. And whatever He's called you to do. So don't get upset when you hear things that maybe you don't like. That's called preparation. Learn to love it. Just learn to love it. Say, ooh, that was for me. And I love it. Why? Because then I know God is preparing me for his work. Amen? And I told you to make a note of this. Preparation requires participation. If you're not participating, you're not in preparation. That's why I told you, you have to be at church. You've got to come to church. You've got to, uh, I mean, even before the pandemic, you, uh, all you need to do is examine your life. How much did you come to church? How much did you participate? Well, if you didn't participate in much anything and you didn't do much of anything, then your preparation is way behind. Now, in, in, in first, you know what? I thank God for this pandemic because I'm telling you, now, people that never go into church, at least they're streaming. But you know what? It's because it's the last days and God, God takes his warning seriously. And you, you don't, even, don't even go to church, but you'll stream. But through that, God is going to do a work as well. So even in this, you have to understand, I have to participate. I have to participate, not just hear the word. I have to participate. You're getting older. And let me tell you, you don't want to be old and try to be useful for God. Now, I'm not saying that older people can't. I'm old, and I'm still being used by God. I'm talking about, don't use your life up on every kind of, every foolish thing that you could think of and do, every dirty thing, every wild thing, every crazy thing. And then after you can't do it anymore. 
and the doctor tell you it's all, it's almost over. There's nothing else we can do for you. Now you're ready to serve God. But you know what? It's kind of useless because your health is bad or, or you just, your, your testimony is bad. You don't know how to get that. You don't want to wait for that when now is the time. But I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have that kind of time. You don't have that kind of time. Know that. Amen. And then, uh, uh, like our, our seniors and myself and, and those that are older and those, we need to make sure that our struggles are done with. Because those that are coming behind us need to see that. They don't need to say, well, I'm struggling, but you're struggling just as much as I am. We don't need that. We have to say, God, I put it all on the line. God has been telling us this. How many years? It's time to do that. Amen. And then I told you to make a note of this. I told you that we are in an unrighteous position when we do not prepare. Whenever you are not prepared, you are in an unrighteous position. Born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, you can still be in an unrighteous position. And when you're not prepared, that's where you are. And I told you, the next is always coming. And now is always leaving. So don't worry about trying to stay in what's just now because it's leaving and next is always coming. So I need to be prepared. You cannot be prepared once it gets here. You want to be prepared before. Amen. And I'm telling you, if you're a young adult, I told you you need to establish, you, you need to already be having yourself established financially, spiritually, naturally. Get yourself just, just established in those things, those natural things that will make you where you're able to flow in the things of God. You can't. If you're in a pre, of the premarital class that's going on, let me tell you, you need to be listening to every bit of that. Every, don't, you, you, don't try to listen to it because you want to be married. Listen to it because I want to have, I want to be, when I do get married, I want to be the best husband or the best wife that I can be. Don't be like a lot of foolish people. They don't want to hear anything about premarital. They don't want to hear, they just want to do their thing. Don't do that. There's a warning. You don't have to do that. You can wait. Marriage can wait. Marriage is serious. Marriage is not a game. Marriage is not sex. It's not any of those things. And as long as you follow that line, of, you'll be like, oh, well, we'll work it out once we get married. No, you won't work it out. It's going to get worse. It never gets, I don't know why people think it's always going to get better. We're just going to get married. But, you know, in, this, in, in, in society now, marriage is almost kind of taboo now. It's like nobody has to get married. Just live together. No, that's called sin. That's called shacking. That's called, that's called foolishness. Amen? And then we went on to say that if you fail to prepare, that you kill something that's coming next. Whatever's coming next, you kill it when you fail to prepare. And then when you kill it, you have no urgency about you. You have no urgency to get anything done. And I want, I want to stem an urgency in you to get things done. 
Now, uh, when I'm talking about, uh, 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 I'm talking about us individually, and I'm also talking about us collectively as a ministry, as a church. The body of Christ itself needs to, to be all on one accord in this. But I'm talking specifically to you, Church of the Living Water. We need to be focused. We need to be prepared for the next. Why? So that I can do my part. You have a part to do. I told you the purpose is to focus on the attention of the work. We want to focus on the attention of the work of this ministry and what God is calling us to do, where he's taking us, how he's taking us. I'm telling you, we, 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 God has told us so many times, he's showing us, he has a plan for us to do. It's time for us to do it. And, and, and I see with the streaming, God is opening it up. For some of you out there, this is where you belong. You, 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 you've been praying, God, where do I need to do? Where do I need to go? What do I need to do? I'm telling you, you're the one that God is talking to. He's telling you because you know what God told me. He said he was going to put us as a beam where people can find us. Some of you all might remember, God said he's going to put us in a place where people can find us. From the north, east, south, and west, where they can find us. You are finding us because God has commanded it. Now, what you do with it has only to do with you. But what you prayed for, people, they talk about that God, I'm praying, I want you to tell me what to do about this. And God will send you a sign. I want you to know I'm a sign. God will send you a sign and you will ignore that sign because you look at the flesh. But I'm a sign and he'll give you everything you need and you're still looking for something else. Just like you look for confirmation. Amen. And we know that our ministry has been founded but is yet to be established and we are establishing it. Our founding pastor has given us a great foundation and foundations don't move. They're solid. And he dug deep for over 30 years. He dug deep to build this foundation. And now we are required to build on that foundation. The foundation is sure. It's solid. It said Jesus is the chief cornerstone of this foundation. It has been, it has been dug deep with the doctrines of the apostles and we are settled and establishing that. We don't have to go back and try to hammer and see what the foundation, that's solid. Now we gotta just go up. We gotta build. We gotta get on the wall. We gotta do what we need to do. Amen. We want our children to grow up and glorify God. Now I told you a strong family is, uh, makes a strong church because the church is made up of people. So we need people to be strong in the things of God. You need to make sure that you establish what the, listen, makes you have to make sure that you establish establish what the will of God is for your life. Not just what is the will of God for my life. Once you find out, you need to be established in it. You can't be all over the place. That's not how God operates. He's not all over it. Now, let me tell you, the enemy, never forget you have an enemy. I don't care how much you love God. I don't care how much you talk about God and all the things you say about God. I don't care how many scriptures you need, you use. There still, you still have an enemy and he is real and he's always going to throw a wrench in to see if you're a little off focus. If I can get you there. And he'll use family members. He'll use whatever it takes to just get you out. He'll just throw something in there and all of a sudden you're confused. That, and the reason why you are is because you're not established in the will of God. 
You might know the will of God, but you're not established in it. You might know you love God, and you might think you know what he's telling you to do, but you're not established in any of it. Because God will never set you into confusion. Never. The Bible says that the enemy is the author of confusion. Amen. And then we went on and we said that uh, to prepare, you, you, you have to have a plan. <laughs> plan. And we said plan should always have what attached to it? Time. If you don't have time attached to the plan, it's not a plan and it won't be accomplished. Just know that. You're just talking. And I, oh, I've heard so many people, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. See, just all the things they plan to do it. And to this day, it's not done because there was no time attached to it to get it done. There was no purpose. None. I mean, no, they, they just say it with no rhyme or reason. Just, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Oh, okay. I'm no, no time, no reason. There is no plan. A plan without time is no plan at all. You ought to write that down and, com and commit yourself to that. A, a plan without time is no plan at all. And then we went over, did we read Isaiah 62? Let me read Isaiah 62 so we can establish it. In Isaiah 62, beginning at verse 8, the Bible says, The Lord hath sworn by his right hand, and by the arm of his strength, surely I will no more give thy corn to be meat for thine enemies, and the sons of the strangers shall not drink thy wine, for the which thou hast labored. But they that have gathered it shall eat it, and praise the Lord. And they that have brought it together shall drink it in the courts of my holiness. To go through, that's what he's telling you, you need to go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. Cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people, lift up a standard for the people, lift up a standard for the people. That's what we need to do. Now go over there with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and that's where we were last week. And let, 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 let me just hit on a couple of things, then we're going to go into the new information. God's next move in is to advance. We, he wants to prepare us in advance. God's next move is going to be with a promise and a judgment. Always a promise and a judgment. Judgment is the consequence of not being right. So you need to make sure that you're right because whatever the next promises come, is coming with judgment. So get everything under the blood, get everything up under the word of God, up under, and say, Father, you know what? I want everything right. Because the judgment is coming with the promise. Amen? In Hebrews 11, God is talking to us about the fact that he, when he speaks, we have to obey. When he speaks, we have to. Everybody say, we have to obey. And I told you, I just want to use one scripture. And all, that's all it takes. One scripture. And it will be the basis of this whole thing. In verse 7, it says, By faith, nor being warned of God, of things not seen as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Church, if we're going to be ready in advance, it requires faith. And I told you we've been using faith for most of the time for the wrong thing. But now that we have an understanding, we're going to use it for the right thing. I won't go back all into that, but you know that we need to flow right there. We need to use our faith. I'm telling you, 
is such a reality for me. And I want it to be a reality for you. Because your faith, can you can use it for things now that can happen when you're off the planet. And, but you better use your faith for that now while you're trying to use it. Well, I'm just believing God for a car. Let me tell you, you don't have to believe God for a car. All you have to do is get a down payment and go and buy one. Get one. You don't have to believe God for that. I'm going to tell you that now. You, but you do need to believe Him that your children and your children's children, after you're gone off the planet, will love and follow Him. That I'll wait in heaven and I'll see them walk through those gates. Uh, I want to see that happen. I, that, that's what I want to use my faith. I want to use my faith to prepare myself to stand before a holy God and a righteous God because I believe it and I know it's going to That's a surety that happens. That's a surety that happened. One day you will die. That's a promise. It's appointed once for every man to die. Whether now or then, but you will. And you must be prepared. You must be prepared for your family to live without you. This is much as you be like, I don't want to talk about that now. And Well, you know, we young. We ain't got to think about that right now. That's foolish thinking. I'll tell you, people that think like that usually don't vote either. They don't vote either. They say things like it doesn't matter. They're going to do what they want to do. No. You need to vote and you need to use your faith to prepare to stand before a holy God. Amen? And we and I told you that we don't we, um, that we take the warnings of God. We don't take it seriously. I think that's where I left off. We don't take the the the, the word of God and what He's saying seriously. We have to stop taking God's words as a suggestion. And when someone, an elder, is ministering to you about something, stop acting like you know more than them. And that you're trying to tell them what you know. No. You have, you use it God's word as a suggestion. I do not bank by the word of God on anything that's happening in this world. I will not do that. And I do not try to, try to minister to, try to minister the word and try to ease some of this world system in the word. It's totally separated. I will not ever agree with anyone that's coming out with, with the thoughts outside of the world and try to act like it doesn't matter what the Word of God says. This is what's really going to happen. No, sir, no, ma'am. You need to take the Word of God, the warnings of God, seriously. Amen? And God has been dealing with us for the last few years about that. Understanding all of His words. The state of the church. The church is us. The state of your personal life. He's been dealing with us time and time again. Get this in order. Get that in order. One, and we think, I'm going to do what I want to do. And after I get through doing what I want to do, then I'll try to get in the state of God. It, it doesn't work like that either. Warnings. When God speaks, He's warning you. You need to always take it seriously. God is our Father, and He's warning us, just like any parent will warn us. This is one thing you need to, and please write it down. This is one thing you need to know and you need to understand. With our spirits, we receive God. Write it down. With our spirits, we receive from God. With our souls, 
We assimilate and understand what we receive. I'll say it again. With our spirits, we receive from God. With our souls, we assimilate, take that what God is doing, and start moving it around and understand what we receive. Then, with our bodies, we walk in the understanding of what we have received. Simplicity. That is the way it goes. You go in that order. I receive from him in my spirit. My soul takes it, assimilates it, and understand what God says. And then I command this body to walk in the understanding of what I just received. It always terrifies me that the cross of Jesus can be acknowledged by so many people who remain completely unchanged by it. Completely unchanged by it and say they love him and talk about it. Listen, if the cross have not subdued you and broken that rebellious heart, listen, if it has not proven to be in your life to you as goodness from God, not just he died on the cross, but it's the goodness of God because he was on the cross. That's why I need you to be in here on Wednesday. You need to understand about a redeeming God. You need to understand about a redeeming God. See, all you know is just, yeah, he, God, he died on the cross. But let me tell you, if that, if that cross doesn't mean these things to you, if it hasn't broken down that old rebellious heart, subdued that thing, made you and proven to you that this is the goodness of God and that his worthiness, his worthiness because of what he did on the cross is to be followed. I'm following him because look at what he did. The cross will never induce sorrow in your life. Every sorrow you get is sorrow you brought and the cross is trying to redeem you from it. Listen, if the cross have not induced in you a sorrow for the sins you've committed, you, have, you, do not, you, you do not have a revelation of the cross and what Jesus did. If it has not led you to, be, to genuine repentance and faith, you'd lack understanding in it. After, after it leads you to genuine repentance and faith, then it makes you acknowledge it. It makes you acknowledge it. Oh God, I'm just so wrong. It's like acknowledging that your spouse um, went the extra mile after you been wronged and committed adultery and, 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 and you know what and they lay down their life for you and take you back and for you to continue in that that's how it is when you don't follow what the cross has done like you know, a, a wife a husband said okay I know that you've had infidelity but I okay I'm laying down my life for you I'm standing there and then you go right back out and do it There's no friend. You do the same thing with cross. I'm telling you, that terrifies me. I'm telling you just no acknowledgement of the change. So God said to me, he said, the church needs revival. And then you have to understand what a revival is. Write it down. 
One of the definitions of a revival is to imp- the improvement in conditions, strength of fortunes to someone or something. The, it is an improvement in the conditions, strength of fortune of someone or something. Number two, it's God quickening of people, touching their hearts, and deepening the works of the Holy Spirit in their lives. What a good God. Quickening, making alive, God quickening of people, touching their hearts, deepening the works of the Holy Spirit in their life. That's what God is doing right now. He's deepening your experience with Him. Number three, He is a sovereign. It is a sovereign act of God. Revival. It's a sovereign act of God in which He restores people, especially of His own people, to repentance to faith and obedience. Whew! That's just, that's just makes me happy. We need this revival. Number four, it is the community, listen, it's the whole community saturated with God. The whole community, all of us, not somebody on the side, and it, no, the whole community of us, the whole lot of us, the whole family Saturated with God. The power of the Lord is the measures of revival. I said the power of God is the measures of revival. And the measures of revival accompanies the word that brings deliverance, brings restoration, heals. Delivers. I said again, the measure of revival accompanies the word and brings deliverance, healing, forgiveness, all of those things. God, He always releases a measure of revival through servants. That's what He's doing this morning. He's always going to release it through the servants. Uh, that he uses, the ones that he's called, he's trained, and he's sent. According to 1 Corinthians 15 and 45. That's how he's going to send it. If you've hardened your heart, listen, if you harden your heart this morning, with everything that he's saying to you, you cannot benefit from the measures of revival. This is for those that say, no longer with the hard heart. I have to have this. You will not. According to Second Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18, you cannot benefit from the measures of, of, of revival if you have a hardened heart. Amen? That's why I tell you young adults, you young people, when your parents are trying to tell you what they, what they know already, what they see, because you cannot see it. You haven't seen, but they have seen. And what, actually, you know what, when your parents are correcting you, you know what they're saying? They're saying, oh, by the way, child, I want you to know, I'm correcting you. You know why? Because you have my DNA. (laughs) You have my DNA. And I've lived the life that you're trying to live you know what, I've lived, you, I've lived that, you know what, because I gave it to you. 
I've walked that road. Why? Wow, I've laid that road. So I'm trying to fix it for you. See, your parents are trying to say, I know what's in you because my parents put it in me. And see, we don't get it. We don't get it. You think they're trying to bust your bubble, not let you be happy. They're saying, listen, I know. I know what you're thinking. I know what you're doing. My parents gave it to me, and I gave it to you. Your DNA, we have the same DNA. And I'm trying to tell you, take it seriously. They gave it to you. They know. When they say you better change, you don't need to do that, stop that. If you don't listen to me, this is going to happen. Parents are giving warnings just like God. It's not a problem. It's not a matter. Nobody cares whether you like it or not. If you're born again, understand that. Now, for some of you, God is telling you this now, so now you know. So when they're telling you, you better think back to this message. They know. And how many of us know that have gray hairs now, we can go back and look on our lives and remember all the warnings we had. All the warnings we had and we did not take seriously and how greatly we paid. See, some of you are young in it. <laughs> You're not going to pay. You, you, it's on down the road to payment. Uh, the enemy always let a little time go between it. Always. You don't have to be in that. Because warnings is to prepare you not to get caught in the trap. Not to get caught in the snare. Not to get caught in the scandal on. Not to get caught in judgment. You know, somebody had an attitude last week when I talked of the things about the police. I already know that you did. But guess what? God's been kind to you. <laughs> you've not been pulled over yet. You've not been stopped. You've not been arrested. You've not, have ended, you've not gone before a judge. And you're upset because what I said, because of everything that's going on in society, not looking at anything according to God's perspective. But God brought you here today to prepare you by changing the different things, your way of thinking. God even want to change who you hang out with. Listen. He wants to change where you're going. He wants to change what you've been drinking. He wants to change what you've been smoking. And listen, warnings are not negative. Warning is positive. They are positive. A warning is a positive thing. A warning is a love thing. I know, we think that it's a... Uh, a warning is a gracious thing. And that gracious thing comes from a gracious God. That's so concerned about you that He don't want us to be on the wrong side of what's coming next. Why? Because next is always coming. God said, I don't want you on the wrong side. And he said, before you get on the wrong side of next, you know what? How, how many of you know this? Once you get on the wrong side of next, it's so hard to get back on the right. 
Have you noticed? It's so hard to get back over to the right side. That's why you better listen to your parents. And even if it's a struggle to get there, you fight to get back to the right side. Say, mm mm. You tell that thought that tells you, do it, go on and, you know, call them because nobody, no, you, you better fight to get back to the right side. Because you remember, whatever they told you was a warning. Before this church, before individuals in this church die, listen, I have to warn you, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, I want to warn you. Before your children get out of place where they'll never come back to the things of God. See, that's why I'm warning you now. Before they get to a place where they won't come back to the things of God. I want to warn you. God gives us warnings. So we can prepare. He warns us because you are... He's only warning us because we're not ready for the next. He warns you because he said you're not ready for the next. God is our advisor. He advises us by his spirit. He is always letting us know where we are. Always. Where we are and most importantly, what we need to do. He'll warn us. This is where you are and this is what you need to do. Now in order to make sure that we meet the desired end that we want, we got to do that. Say, gosh, thank you for showing, showing that to me. That's what he did with Noah. And that's what he wants to do with us this morning. Listen. To be made ready in advance, here's your letter A. I have to see the signs. I have to see the signs. In other words, I have to see what's happening in this generation around me. I have to see what's happening in my nation. I have to see everything that's going on. The first way that God warns us, he shows us signs. I told you this morning, I am a sign. When God was dealing with Noah, and you can read on your own uh, time in Genesis chapter 5, 6, and 7. It'll go more in depth into it. But God said, Noah, you're the only right person in your generation. The only right person in your generation. And I can't leave the earth like this. I can't leave it like this. So you're going to have to prepare for what's coming. And he's saying that today. I'm trying to raise up those that are righteous in their generation because something else is coming. Listen, seeing the signs requires righteousness. See, you can't see it if you're not righteous. Seeing the signs requires righteousness. That's why you have to answer the call. See, when you're not right, you cannot see the signs. Why? Because you're busy living your best life. You can't see the signs like that. I'm going to tell you. You're busy doing your own thing. I'm living my best life. I'm doing that. You cannot, you, and you know, you skip right by righteousness. You can't see the signs. You're caught up in just that moment. You cannot see the signs. Without righteousness. That's why he's giving you your parents to show you. Your parents is a sign. (laughs) 
When they're warning you that's a sign, you got you you you're caught up. You can't see it. Why? Because you live in the life. This is the sad part. Everybody always thinks that they have more time. It's not, you know, I'm good. I still have time. I got time to get it together. That's the sad part. A lot of people think they have time to get it together. But this is one thing. When you are right, you can look back. You can step back. And you can look at the signs. When you're right. All of a sudden you stop. And you kind of step back. And you look at the signs. But when you're not, you're caught in a whirlwind. Let her be. You have to hear the voice of God. That is, I have to hear what the Spirit of God is trying to say to me. Church, God is omnipotent. I'm telling you, He is omnipotent. He is an omnipotent God. Let me give you an example to just try to, try to show you what an omnipotent God He is. Have you ever been driving in your car? Because I have. And you're going somewhere, and all of a sudden your mind is so caught up, and you get, you, you know, you don't even know, you don't even, you, you're passing signs, you're passing, your mind is somewhere else. And all of a sudden, maybe somebody in the car say, you know, your turn is coming up, or you say, oh, maybe you're by yourself, and, oh, that's my turn. And, and all of a sudden you just get off of there, and your mind wasn't there. And then all of a sudden it kind of scares you. Because you'd be like, because all of a sudden you come back in the car. You gotta get out of it. And what it is, is wherever you're going, your mind is already there trying to say what's happening there. You're trying to figure out what's gonna happen once you get there. So you're outside the car and you, then you come back and, and it's kind of scary because you'll be like, oh my God, how, I, I don't even remember driving here. How did I get here? I don't even remember going through red lights and when, how did I get here? You're trying to figure out why you're driving. Wherever you're going, what you can expect when you get there. Yeah, just thinking, thinking, thinking. And oftentimes our minds take us there. Take us somewhere else, even while driving. So easy. Yeah, your mind is already where you're going while you're driving. And you kind of anticipate what it's going to be like. When you get there. And trying to anticipate. And you leave the car trying to get here. You leave the car while you're driving. See, now most of you that said, yeah, I remember. I've done that. I've driven and be like, you know what? When, did I go through that? Did I run that light? Did I? Uh, listen. The problem with that is you are not omnipotent. That's the problem. You're trying to figure out and anticipate what's going to happen. See, see, what you're seeing is your best guess. <laughs> That's all it is. And it got you caught up. But God is already in your destination while you're traveling. <laughs> On the way. He's already there. And so when He comes back and speaks to you, He's not guessing. 
about what's going to happen. He's omnipotent. He's not making something up. You're making stuff up in your head that he's not making something else that up that might happen. He's already been to where you're going. And now he comes back and he begins to speak to you. And you have to take it seriously. Right now, right now, you've just been driving along with life. And God has just brought you back. And you better take it seriously. You, oh my God. How did I get this far off? Hmm. Listen. I must not only see the signs and hear his voice, but I must desire to save my house. You have to desire to save your house. Everybody in the house. Listen, when you desire to save your house, you are like Noah. You're like Noah. You are building something, and guess what? Everybody's not going to get it. (laughs) Be okay with that. I said... When you desire to save your house, you're going to be like Noah. Everybody's not going to get it, what you're doing. Everybody won't understand why you're building a boat in the desert. Why now? And don't get caught up with my illustrations. You know how to follow You get caught up and now, why are they doing that now? What, what, what you doing now? Why? They won't understand why you're building a boat in the desert. (laughs) But this is what you have to do. You have to understand this one thing. You will not always be understood. I know I won't. In the coming months and the years that I have here, I won't always be understood. I won't even always be appreciated. But I still got to do it, whatever God's called me to do. Why? Because I'm trying to save the house. See, I don't care. Most people in the house don't even see it. I'm trying to save this house. I will not always be understood. I will not always be appreciated. I'm okay with it. I will decide to build a boat in a desert. But I'm not just building it because I'm trying to do something. I'm building it because God has shown me the flood. He's shown me the rain that's coming. See, everybody don't see the rain. What you you doing that for? Ain't nothing going on. See, you don't understand it. But when God shows the one that he's using, the rain or the flood that's coming, how do you know? Because I can see the signs. I can see the signs in the midst of the clouds. And everything that's going on in this world, in this nation, I can see the clouds billowing. And somebody else is standing right beside me, and all they can see is, uh, they need to hurry up and give uh, another stimulus check. And but I see the clouds billowing. Hmm. You may have been asleep, not quite caught. What's going on in this generation? 
But I have to catch it. When God gives you another role in life and another assignment, you, you know what? You, you have to catch it. But I can see what's happening. Sometimes you may say, oh, she's just always doing that. Or she, you know, why is she not doing that? And why does she want that now? And pastor didn't used to do that. And I found him pastor didn't do this. And why is we doing that? Why? Because I got to save the house so that we can build. I got to save the house. And I believe like Noah's sons were grateful. I believe at the end of it all. That there will come a time in this church. Did you hear me? I believe that there will come a time that everybody in this church will be grateful that I didn't stop. Because, why? Because they couldn't see the rain or you couldn't see the rain. Woo, I'm glad she saw it. So I, I'm okay with you not appreciating I'm okay with it. Got to save the house. And men, you got to save your own personal house. Now I'm talking to the male men in specific now. Your wives are not going to be happy with you. Sometimes your children will be upset with you. You got to put all of that out of your mind. You got to save the house. Don't care that they mad at me. Don't care about that. Sometimes the mother might be a little more permissive than you are. She may want you want you know want to let them do something, and you're like, nope, I'm not gonna do that. You, uh, they, they they might want to let them slide about something, and you're like, nope. It may listen, men. It may even cost you a night or two on the couch. It's okay. She'll be just fine. Your children will be just fine. It may cause some attitudes. may cause some rolling of the eyes. And you know, oh, they can roll those eyes. It may cause your children to say, Daddy, don't let us do anything. We don't never get to do anything. Maybe, y'all, he just don't understand. They just don't understand. So what? Go ahead and build the house. They are not the one building it. They will thank you later. The rolling of the eyes, it'll be single when they begin to thank you. You're the man of that house. You have to see the signs, the warning signs. Build the boat. You got to build the boat. It doesn't matter if they start kicking the sand. Build the boat. Build a, they can kick all the sand they want in the desert because they don't understand. Build the boat. Why? Because you know the flood is coming and you know the rain is coming. And so I don't care about you getting mad. Right? You can't see it. Husbands, you got wives that want to go out and spend money that you don't have. Wives that say, most of the time it's wives. It's very rare that you see a, a man that's just going to do, you know, but you have wives that just want to go out and spend money that you don't have. And let me tell you, this is something your founding pastor tried to get into you a long time ago. Stand up. Close the checkbook. Take it. 
It doesn't matter how upset she gets. You know why? When she gets about 66 and she's sitting on the beach with you and y'all just chilling and y'all can go where you want to go and do what you want to do, she'll thank you for you then and be like, I didn't know you, all of this was going to include all of that. Yeah, because, because we, I took that away from you then. Now we're able to do this now. They might not understand it, but you got to first see it. You can't stop her because you can't see the rain. And you haven't built a boat. To be ready in advance, you have to move with fear. See, I like verse 7. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. And that doesn't mean being scared with fearful. It means to act with proper reverence, respect for the word and the power of God. To act with respect for the word and the power of God. Oh, we need to get this so bad. One thing about your founding pastor concerning his family was one of his priorities. That's why he never gave up. He never quit. Even with his health failing, he never quit. Why? Because he knew it was coming a time that there would be a flood in our lives. He said, I'll never forget, he he said, Al, the world is changing. The world is changing, babe, I'm telling you. And that's what he, God is trying to tell us now. That would be a flood. And, you, and, and that's what your parents, when they're giving you warning, that's what they're telling you. There's a flood coming down in your life. And you know what? When it comes down on your life, I probably won't even be on the planet. So I'm trying to prepare you now. I may not even be on the planet when your flood comes. Preparation is now. I tell things to my children. I'm like, you know what? One day I won't be pastor any longer. But I need my grandchildren to have a place where I know the word is solid and true. I need my great-grandchildren to have a place that's established, solid, and true. Because there's many things out there. Many. I want my children's children They need a place where they can be taught the Word of God. That they can have their hands to the Word. That they can be productive and established. And I don't trust any other church but this one. Because I know what goes on here. So we need to understand that we need to be taught and developed in a way that will keep this church going. So I move with the proper reverence and the proper respect for the Word of God. 
and the power of God. So I can't and I won't let the word and the opinion of people outweigh the reverence, the respect that I have for the word of God and the power of God. I don't care what you think. I don't care about your opinion. Because it will never outweigh the respect I have for the word of God and the power of God. Listen, God's word is not a game. It's not, I'm, I, I refuse to go back and forth with anybody about the word of God. The word of God is not a game. And his power is not to be played with on any level. You might think you're getting away with something for, you know, for a season because nothing happened, but you are not prepared for what's coming. I'm going to tell you that now. You think you're not prepared for what's coming because God's word is not a game and his power is not to be played with. You're not prepared. And I've lived long enough and I have said it long enough. I realize that nobody, nobody beats his word. In other words, nobody's going to make his word a lie. Nobody. Nobody's ever going to make his word a lie. You can't gain God. Whatever you do, it catches up with you. You can't gain God. You might be good on video games, but you can't game God. When I say move with fear, letter A, I mean move in obedience to the instructions of God. You must move in obedience to the instructions of God. God told Noah to build an ark. When he, he told him when to build it, with what dimensions to build it, and that's what he did. He used the proper material, the proper wood that was required. He didn't go and try to do something else. He used the exact dimensions that God told him what was given to him. You have to follow and obey the instructions of God. No, God don't need your add-ons. Everything that God told Noah to do, God said, go get this kind of wood. Go do this. Build it so far, so high. Put this kind of wood here. Do this, that. He did exactly that. God tell you to do something just because you know a little word? You start adding to God's instruction. Do God look like he needs your help? You can't add to. God gives you the instruction, just do it. Noah was on point. He did exactly what God told him to do. And what did it bring him? Safety. His whole house and the boat. The whole house. Letter B, I have to move with assurance. With assurance. In other words, I have to have assurance that I am in the will of God. Be established in that. I keep telling you, young adults, get involved in ministry. I was seeing them today, I mean Friday, and I'm like, getting involved in ministry. Not just sitting back. Some of you are so glad about streaming because you don't want to go into a building. You are never going to put your hands to the work just streaming. Especially when we come back. We'll see. You need to move in full assurance that this is your church. This is your time. And you have to get prepared 
And you get prepared how? Through involvement. Don't let anybody stop you from getting involved in your local church. We have too many young people, too many young adults that have not been allowed to get involved in different things for whatever reason. It, it's something always going on. It's something this, it's something that. Listen, let me tell you something. You need to come and put your hands to something. You know all the protocols we have, but you'll be like, you know what? I haven't went through all the protocols, but i got to do something. Show up! Show up and tell the deacon, is there anything I can do? I'm going to do something. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm here, I have a new title, and guess what? I'm pastor here. If I tell you yes, nobody can't tell you no. So you come up in here, you do something. You say, do something, I want to do anything. Oh yeah, that's a new chef in town. You come up in here. You show. I can be faithful wiping a toilet. I'm, this is my ministry. This is my church. Instead of sitting back, I'm just waiting. I got to go through AMC. I'm gonna, well, you can't do anything? No, that, see, that's not showing a hunger and thirst or a person being prepared. You know what? I can't wait for that. That's something that the order that the church has set up. But you know what? I can do something. This is my church. What can I do? Now I just now I just gave you that, so you don't have no excuse. Well, I didn't want to because I know we have to put in an application for this. I just told you. If I said yes, can't nobody tell you no. If you come up here and you said I don't care what I have to do, I know all what I have to go through, but what can I do? It's something you do. Say, this is my church, and I want my hands on where I want to be on the wall. If you have to start it, but I got to do something. I don't sit around and wait. You'll never ever see the flood or the rain. You need to move with full assurance that this is your church. You must be prepared. And I don't care what anybody is saying about you or thinking about you. I don't know. I'm head in charge here. And I'm telling you, you need to be visible. You need to have your hands to the work. You need to say, what can I do? Maybe you can't. No, you're not going to get on the platform and do something. But you, why do you want to get up here? You need to just get where, where you need it. I just want to know where I'm needed. If you come up and you say, Deacon, what can I do? And he say, just follow me. Just walk behind him. Just almost on the back of his shoe. If they don't want you touching that, just still walk behind him. Say, I'm going to be here. This is my church. See, that's the person that said, I see a little drop of rain. But I, want, I know a flood is coming. And I must be prepared. And I know by the teaching that I must be productive in order to be prepared. So what can I do? Hmm. Did you hear me? Nobody can tell you no if I said yes. I don't care who they are. And nobody can tell you yes if I said no. I don't care who they are. That's the way God has it set up. Let us see.
You have to move with full understanding. What do you mean move with full understanding? Listen, I may not know everything that's coming next. I'm telling you that now. But I know something is coming. I do know that. And I have to. I have to. We have to prepare because God has prepared something. And really all I need to understand is this. Because God has prepared something, I just have to be ready. I don't have to worry about what it is. If it's God, it's God. I don't have to worry. Well, what is he doing? I don't know until he shows me to me because he gives me what I need to know on the need to know basis. But I know one thing. I'm going to be prepared for whatever it is. Again, that's why I need you in Bible studies on Wednesday. You need to know about a redeeming God. I need you listen to marriage counseling because I don't want to have to counsel you for marriage when all of it's right here. When it's right here being taught daily. When I said that some of you, you want to get married but you're unfit, I'm not saying that you're an unfit person. I'm saying God said, I see things in you that need, going to take a year or two just to get straight. To make you fit. Male or female. So you need to be at Bible study so you can learn some things. So that you can be prepared. Again, warning, something is coming. And you need to know how to live in this world when it comes. Listen, the things that you think you are enjoying now, now I'm saying this by the Spirit of God because He gave it to me and I'm going to give it to you just like He gave it to me. You think right now, the way you live in the things that we enjoy in life, well, we're seeing just a little bit of it now with the pandemic, things that we used to enjoy, we can't just kind of just run off and do now. But listen to me closely, by the Spirit of God, the things that you think that you're enjoying now, they're going to be taken away. It's coming. Remember you heard it here. You're going to have to know how to live. See, I need you to prepare before the law changes. Because it's going to be a law. Ooh. See, see, <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. See, nobody believes you got to prophesy to say, here's your prophetic word. See, I'm not uh, Prophet Bernard, so you're not going to receive it. God is preparing you before the law changes. You better get it. Before the law changes. Before the environment changes. And it is. There's a move going on. And many of us, we don't realize this one thing. The same party that you support is going to eventually take your freedom away from you. To worship God. Did you hear me? The same party that you support is going to eventually take your freedom away to worship God from worshiping God. 
See, people are getting all scampy and answer about this and other. You, uh, oh, you know, my government job, this and my government. Let me tell you. And they, you know, they getting all in an uproar about, you know, furloughs and all of this. But I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to have to learn how to be prepared in the, in, in the government that you voted, that you voted on, that won't let you speak anymore. Oh. Make sure you make sure you, you, you revert back to this tape when it happens. Or C D or whatever. I'm tape, I'm eight and I'm kind of dating myself, but whatever. When you I'm telling you, they're not gonna let you speak anymore. And guess what? You cannot wait until it happens to try to get ready. Now is the time to get ready for what is coming. Once it hits, it's too late. That's what it means in Revelation when it says, even the elect will fall away. Why? Because they weren't prepared. Some of you worried about the wrong things. It's going to come a time that you're going to be disqualified to even work in the government for the simple reason that you called upon the name of Jesus. Did you hear me? Not because of your education or what you can't do or can't do. You're not going to be able to work in it just because you love Jesus and you voiced it. It's coming. It's coming. You got to get prepared. As sure as I'm standing here, it's coming. As sure as you see me, it's coming. You must be prepared. Well, how do you know? How do you know, Pastor? I can see the clouds. And I can see the clouds because I'm righteous. Because you can only see when you're righteous. Now, a lot of you are saying, oh, she's just talking. That ain't going to happen. That's because you're not righteous and you can't see it. But you better clear the way and get righteousness and you'll see it just plain. I can see the clouds. But not only have I, I can see the clouds, I've heard the voice of God. I've heard the voice of God. And I'm trying to save the house. We got to get ready. Take it seriously. Take it seriously. Third and final point. To be ready in advance, I have to finish the assignment. Listen to this statement. And Sister Stinson, this will make a good t-shirt. Listen, just listen to this statement. A half boat won't float. <laughs> we need some t-shirts to say that. A half boat won't float. Remember, we're preparing for the flood. See, if Noah didn't do what God said in building the boat, it wouldn't have floated. The half boat won't float. Know that. It won't float. You can build an ark with no roof. 
and it'll flood. Why? Because it's going to rain is coming. See, you can't just do it. You have to do it exactly the way he said it. You've got to obey exactly what he said do. Because it's coming. You can build a boat with no, no top. I don't care. You build a boat with no top. I don't care how good the bottom is. If the rain's coming from the top, it's going to flood. Okay, how good the bottom is. It's going to fill with water. A half boat won't float. And there's too many half boats that will not float. Right now. Right now. In the body of Christ. In this church. In churches all across the country. There's too many half boats. Too many half boats. And they will not float. You know what? You're all right now. You know why? Every boat looks good on dry land. Every boat looks good on dry land. It's like one of those inflatable toys that my grandchildren, if we walk in the store, they always want, you know. It's like one of those. You know, they always look good. And you can put them on the side of the pool or you can take them to the beach and they look good sitting there until you put them in the water and try to sit on them. And you're flipping over. And you're trying to get back on them. And you you spend all, all of two hours to try to sit on that thing for 15 minutes. And it never, and you'll be thinking to yourself, that looks real good. Yeah! Because it was on dry land. And one thing I've learned about those things, you can't blow them up once you get in the water. And you see, that's the thing. Yeah, that's what you see. You got a half boat working in your life. And you keep trying to sit on it. And it keeps flipping you over. And then you try to get back and it's flipping you over. And you're trying to do that. It's flipping you over. All of those are little signs of those warnings you didn't obey. It ain't even, it ain't even the, the big, the, the big, the biggie that's coming. It's just showing you these are the little things that's already started and you ain't even begun. You're just slipping over in the water, getting back on it. And then you ask somebody to hold the other side of the boat while you get on, uh, uh, the, the inflatable, while you get on it. And then once you get on it, you, uh, uh, and you fall again. <laughs> All of a sudden you start sinking and flipping out. That's what ha- this, this is what happens when you don't finish what God said. We build something, we, you know, you, you don't finish what God said do, you try to build something that won't flow. And you keep trying to sit on it, and it's not. That's, see, that's why, that's why you start talking about things that are not spiritual, foolishness, and stuff. That's a boat that's not floating. But you're still trying to do something with it. Listen, in order to finish the assignment, three things right quick. Things, maybe things you've heard, but just, just listen to it. You must stay focused. And I don't know how many times God keeps telling us to stay focused. It's for a reason. That is, I can't get distracted by what people say, what people think, or what people do. You know what? When people get to getting flaky with me and talking all crazy, cut them off. I cut them off. The, 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 what God has for me and the calling on my life, I don't give over to nobody talking foolishness. Just cut it off. I don't care what you say. 
I don't care what you think and I don't care what you do. All I care about is I'm going to obey God. Listen, you must grow in your faith to a point where another person's faith doesn't determine yours. Write it down. You must grow in faith where another person's faith doesn't determine yours. So if somebody turns out to be other than what you thought they should be, you're going to be all right. There's many people who have turned out what I didn't think they would be. I'm all right. Why? Because I stay focused. you got to stay focused. We have to grow to a point that when somebody says something to us that we don't like, you don't lose your focus. They said that, you don't lose your focus. Oh, well. When somebody thinks something that they should not think, you don't lose your focus. See, that's our problem. Any little thing somebody said or do, we just lose our focus. And now we're going on a tangent with that. Don't lose your focus. Because what is focusing on what other people think, say, or do have to do with the boat you build in? What does it have to do with the boat that God calls you to build? Letter B. I have to remember the purpose. The purpose is to be prepared for the next move of God. I have to remember that this is not the end. Something else is coming. Don't get caught up with the news and what's happening today because I'm telling you, something else is coming. This is going to seem like a minor thing. Something else is coming. And i got to get ready and be prepared for what God is doing. This the, the, the racism deal, the, the, the pandemic, all of that is a distraction from what's coming. It's a reality that it's here. But God says, dude, I never call my people to get caught up in it. I don't want you distracted in it. You can hit it, you can listen to it, and then shut that thing off. Or you're going to be distracted. And guess what? You're not going to be able to ride on another person's faith. You should be building it now. Right now. Right now. Prepare for what God is doing. And the last one, I've got to be ready in advance. God takes us back. We must be with this one thing. I have to be motivated by love. And that's what God God always takes us back to being motivated by love. Love motivates us to be prepared. That's what motivates us to pray. Our love for God motivates us to be prepared. Do you all know what causes me to study for you? Love. There's many things that I could do. But my motivation is love. They need this. That's what causes me to study. That's what causes me to research. That's what causes me to pray. That's what... Love. Even though you might not like me, it does not matter. Love motivates me to get what you need so that you can be aware. So we have to be in love with the work that's being done. See, people get it, they're in love with, they come to church and them and their spouse dress alike. They get in love with that. Oh, that's nothing. 
Well, now let me tell you, what you ought to be excited about if you and your spouse walk in here, not dressed alike, but you and your spouse walk in here in your own one accord. Now that's something to be excited about. So having on the same colors is nothing. <laughs> that's just something to excite you. Yeah, we had on the same colors. He wore purple tie. I wore purple skirt. You know what? Are y'all on one accord and the things of God? Because all that other stuff has no value. Fall in love with the work. We have to fall in love. You know, we need to have the same thing, the same heart towards the things of God. Because that, that's what has value. Not foolish things. That's just something that you do. But don't put all your all in that. Put it all in what God is doing. Work on what is important. It is the preparation in advance. I'm out of time, but God is not. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.